the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so we are a republic unless we decide not to be. What's the point of a republic unless a few representatives can change the trajectory of corporatism, of communism, of Marxism, of these Democrat mafia sewer states that produce the kind of politicians that regardless of the evidence of corruption, of assets, of enemies, foreign and domestic. They're going to get voted in because they are a part of the mafia. In other words, if you reject the idea of a corrupt political whore being the president, then you must embrace what a republic is. And a republic is not supposed to be some sense of duopoly where there's only two parties and you have to go along to get along. You know, it's funny. I was doing a little research on what I think is the most important, which is the money, the numbers. Did you know? That in the year 2020, we spent as a nation $14.4 billion on elections, on on campaign contributions to these political whores. $14.4 billion. Do you also know that is three times as much that was spent during the Barack Obama election in 2008? It's like the national debt. It's three times greater than what we used to spend. And now it's normal. And the best argument I've heard about keeping McCarthy and his Fabian hairdo in the speakership is because he's good at raising money. I don't want any more money in it. I don't want to have this contest of who can bribe the most effectively through a real system of corruption and PACs and LLCs and campaign contributions. I don't want that anymore because that's how we led to bankrupting the strongest nation in the world. We're bankrupt. And if we don't make it change... What are you going to do? You're going to just move the commas over like we do for the election money and the debt and just ignore it and pretend, well, this time we're really going to get it like the like the Marxists or the communists. I got a five year plan. And in the meantime, in the midterms of this past election in 2022 midterms, we spent nine billion dollars, eight point nine and change. But let's round up at that point. Now, who makes money like this? Political whores. Newt Gingrich. Newt, Newt, Newt. A lot of rumor, a lot of sizzle, not a lot of steak. I'm as disappointed as his second wife. You see, Newt, in 1974, you entered politics. And that's all you've ever done. You've never really done anything. So we're supposed to listen to you about perfecting the art of the political. I don't want the political. I want the republic. Because the political, you went along with all of it. And your big claim to fame is what? You were you distracted the intern molester, Bill Clinton, who was juggling at least six side broads. 
and a and a and a nagging big thighed woman called his wife, browbeating him, and he didn't care what you did. He just wanted you to get out of the office so he could get Monica in and everybody get naked and get jiggy with it. In the meantime, you're going to tell me how to get along to go along? Well, first, I think it's a very sad day because I think Kevin McCarthy is one of the most talented leaders I've ever worked with. I think that he accomplished an amazing amount for having a small majority and being having to take on both the Senate and the White House. And then that got me to thinking, right, we covered yesterday how Kevin McCarthy, like Newt Gingrich, never really did anything except he did one thing. He hit the lottery, took some of his winnings, bought a deli, and then immediately went into politics. So it started, you know... You, what do you mean he's the greatest guy you ever work with? That never made sense to me. So I wanted to uh, kind of revisit exactly the culture of corruption he really represented. Frank Luns is a pollster in Washington, D.C., who advises the Republican Party. His real job is working for Google and promoting Oxycontin in the middle of an opioid epidemic. What See, now that's very important because Frank Lutz is to the Republicans what Hunter Biden is to Joe Biden. Frank Lutz is the bag man. Of all of the things the people who have been fighting the Democrat mafia want to stop. Frank Luntz works as a lobbying bagman for everything from Big Pharma to the military industrial complex to the way in which the system has become bankrupt. That's who Frank Lutz is. Number one, I never bought that whole thing about a pollster. How is a guy going to get an opinion of what the people think when he has plastic for hair that he wants you to believe is his own? How is that going to work? It doesn't work. Frank Lutz is a putz. We think of Frank Luntz, he's great to live with, to share a toothbrush with. We know that because Kevin McCarthy does it. How much does he pay for that? That's a question we had asked because there are, of course, rules in the House about accepting gifts at undermarket prices. Well, we learned that Kevin McCarthy paid $1,500 a month to live in Frank Luntz's apartment. That sounds fine until you learn the apartment is 7,000 square feet and it's a penthouse. How does a pollster own a penthouse in the most expensive city, one of? The most expensive cities in the country. 7,000 square feet, valued at $11 million. How does he do that? And then when asked about it, I like, I like the way the Republicans lie. I almost enjoy it. It's, it's almost funnier than the Democrats. Eight o'clock hour, but Tucker Carlson uh, said he had received a tip that you have been living with pollster and corporate consultant Frank Luntz. What's up with that? I didn't know how this was controversial. Frank has been a friend of mine for more than 30 years. I met him with Newt Gingrich back when they were working on the contract with America. Very systemic, like a nerdy, fat, naked twister game. You know, as the Democrats took over, they started changing the house around. And so, yeah, I rented a room for Frank for a couple months. But don't worry, I'm back to going back to where I normally am on my couch in my office. So when he's caught living in a 7,000-square-foot penthouse. He wants the people to believe that from that time till this, he slept in his office? Is there anybody with an IQ over 60? I mean, how stupid? you have to be Chicago Democrat stupid to buy that? See, Harry Reid, Nancy Pelosi, they live at the Ritz, the Ritz-Carlton. That's where they lived. Now, Harry Reid, thank God, lives in Haiti. In the meantime, there's never a recession in Washington, D.C. K Street reaps the rewards, regardless of all of the turmoil. Fed drives up the interest rates. We go into default. Can't afford your credit cards. Inflation through the roof. Doesn't matter. Always three times as much money for politics. So now they have to protect it. That's what Newt Gingrich is doing. And I want you to listen to the similarities between the portly Newt 
and the scumbag Schumer. And I think this is really a tragic outcome. Uh, This was a leader who both gained seats in 2020, gained seats in 2022, increased the number of women members, increased the number of veterans, increased the number of minority members. Now, see, when when Newt likes to talk real fast because he wants you to believe he's the smartest guy you've ever met because he thinks he is. Kevin McCarthy wasn't in leadership in 2020. In fact, he, he wasn't in leadership in 2022. He's only been... Not like nine months pregnant. That's it. Nine months is all he's ever been in power. So let's fluff up the resume like uh, like the rest of your past. Uh, and he had a vision for a better future. And let, let's be clear here, Sean. Uh, you know, if if the University of Georgia Bulldogs were the number one team in the country right now. Oh, here we go. Men in tight chasing costume. This is this is the most this is why Sean Hannity's show sucks. If you started a game and four of the members of the offensive squad decided they were actually on the Alabama side and began tackling your own people, you probably get them off the field. Well, think about what we saw today. Four percent, four percent decided they were so morally superior, so intellectually pure, so patriotically better. Sounds like he's writing his own eulogy, doesn't it? In the meantime, that's the premise of a republic, fatso. I mean, you're a history. You're a history scholar and professor. It's all you ever did besides politics. And you don't understand that it is supposed to be something as minute as 1% to obstruct a corrupt government and nullify it. But I guess he also doesn't support the whole federalism or convention of the states either. That they would side with the Democrats, and that's what they did, in order to defeat the entire Republican House caucus, 96% of the Republicans voted for McCarthy, 4% voted against him. From my position as a longtime Republican activist, they're traitors. All eight of them should, in fact, be primaried. Now, now that's the fat slob and not a very good husband either, Newt Gingrich. Listen to the smarmy. True face of fraud, and he should be dangling off of a library. Chuck the schmuck Schumer. Now, on a different note, across the way, yesterday a small band of MAGA extremists plunged Congress into pandemonium. For the first time in American history, a Speaker of the House of Representatives has been removed from his position at the hands of radicals that he empowered from day one. What happened yesterday is a failure entirely of the House Republicans' own doing, a disaster in the making to the great detriment of Congress and to the detriment to the American people. Speaker Boehner, Speaker Ryan, and now Speaker McCarthy have all learned the same hard lesson. You cannot allow the hard right to run the House or the country. And all three of them were chased out by the MAGA right. Sounds a lot like Newt. Sounds a lot like Hannity. Sounds a lot. Like Laura Ingram. Sounds a lot like Fox and CNN and MSNBC. This is why you do not seek the opinion of people who hate your principles. I don't give a rip what any of them say. In the meantime, what I will say is those people that stood for freedom, who stood for liberty, who stood for true loyalty to the principles of Americanism, they are the true American patriots. Andy Biggs of Arizona, Ken Buck of Colorado, Tim Burchett of Tennessee. Eli Crane of Arizona, Matt Gates of Florida, Bob Good of Virginia, Nancy Mace of South Carolina, Matt 
Rosendale of Montana are American patriots who believe in the principles and want to see the Leviathan, the oligarchy, the corporatist, collectivist, government supremacists taken down. And they will be remembered as American heroes. Newt Gingrich and all of his cohorts, including Chuck Schumer, will be remembered as the cancer that almost destroyed a great nation. We will win. We won. And you should look at it like that. We'll be back to discuss it with you. 312-642-5600 after this. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. At AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I've got a lot of clips from the feeble fascist fraud. The same feeble fascist fraud that Kevin McCarthy, under his tutelage, rubber-stamped the spending that has sent us into the turmoil that is our economy. Student aid dash gov student aid dash student aid dot gov slash save. How the hell could you cut a back deal with this idiot who's suffering from dementia? In the meantime, were they really pushing to get him out? Were they really pushing to stop the corruption? They were passing bills that they knew would go nowhere. They knew they would go nowhere. And in the meantime, who's really collaborating with the Democrats? Let me see. Where is where is uh where is uh where is he? Where is he? Here it is. You still obviously command a lot of loyalty within the conference. We've heard you say approximately 10,000 times that you never give up. So I'm wondering, why not? Why did you make the decision not to put your name forward again and try to grind it out like you did when you won the job in the first place? You know, you need 218 for the rule, 218 um, to move forward. And I'll never give up on the American people. That doesn't mean I have to be speaker to do what I have to do for the American people. Um, there's a lot of things I could do for the American people. Um, but you know what's interesting? Mm-hmm. Everybody's sitting there. Uh-huh. In today's world, if you're sitting in Congress and you took a gamble to make sure government was still open and eight people can throw you out as speaker and the Democrats who said they wanted to keep government open, I think you've got a real divide. I think you've got a real institution. It's called a republic, but what he's alluding to is the promise that he and Nancy Pelosi made that she would back him. Institutional problem. Interesting, it was in this room, after we had won the majority, I had became speaker less, and Nancy Pelosi came to me. She was speaker at the time on the way out. Uh-huh. I told her I was having issues with getting enough votes. And she said, what's the problem? I said, they want this one one person can rule you out. She was the only speaker to have changed that rule. I had the power to call the vote on her, but I never would. I lost some votes because of it. Um, you should have lost every vote because of it, because you didn't like the republic. You like the money-raising corporatist scheme the way it sits now. She said, just give it to him. I'll always back you up. I can be- she said, just give it to him. I'll always back you up. So who is a traitor? And who sides with the Democrats, Newt? By the way, how's your first wife doing? All right. Scott Portage, Indiana. Yeah. Um, Sean, yesterday confirmed, it just showed who, there's more rhinos out there, and it's just uncovering them every time they have a, something like this. But I wanted to ask you what you thought about uh, 
I'm not really warm and fuzzy about them talking about Jim Jordan as being speaker, but here's a guy that had the subpoena power and, uh, you know, uh, McCarthy held that all up from him. So I'm not really. Scott, the names to me. Now I'm really, uh, I got a big question mark on their heads. The names are irrelevant. What this shows you is that as little as eight, seven people can make sure we never have to put up with a corrupt oligarchy again. This is the exciting part. I personally don't care who's the next speaker. Because if they right. don't perform, perform, let it happen again and again and again and again. That's how our government is supposed to be. It is not supposed to rubber stamp us into, into bankruptcy. It is not supposed to right. fast track us into omnibus bills that none of these rat bastards read. None of them. It is supposed to be slow and methodical. And the people of each district are supposed to be represented. That's what the basis of a republic is. Instead, the corporatist frauds, who all amass millions. You know, I, it's funny. I was watching a Kevin McCarthy. I was looking into his background. Do you know in some cases they say he's worth as much as $45 million. In others, they say he's worth as little as $7 million. In either case, he never worked. Kind of like Newt, right? And, and who's the traitor Newt? They should all be driven out of public life. What they did was to go to the other team to cause total chaos. As opposed to going to the other team and get guarantees? What was the guarantee? Why would Nancy Pelosi, another another public authority official who front-runs policies and amassed hundreds of millions of dollars, why should Kevin McCarthy get a guarantee and then rely on it? Why should he not reject it on its face? Because you got yourself a little club there, fatso. And you've been a part of it since the 70s. And in the fact, what do you point to? A time when you did a minor welfare reform that doesn't mean anything anymore with a president who was too busy banging interns to focus on what you were saying, fatso? We ought to be focusing on Biden. We ought to be focusing on the economy. You were there the same time he was. How come you weren't so good at focusing on him? Every day is today. There was no history. Newt Gingrich is a major part of the problem. He's not part of the solution. He's a disgrace, in my opinion. Phil in Merrillville. Hey, uh, Sean, I just wanted to say I lost all respect for Newt Gingrich. I don't think he realizes that the American voters and not the uh, Republican politicians wanted uh, McCarthy gone. And the reason I say that is if you look at the percentage of the Republicans that support Trump, the voters, it way outnumbers the others. And on top of it, I think... McCarthy was taking advice from Newt Gingrich on these bills. They all share a brain, Phil. You know, you started out and you said something, and you said you lost respect. And the reason that that's a problem that I don't have is I don't give respect to strangers, and I specifically don't give it to career politicians. See, we're hoisted by our own petard of kindness and and, and and the misguided thought that all Americans are patriotic and understand what Americanism is. See, you're giving respect to people because they declare themselves on your team, but they never have to prove it. I just explained all the other step and fetch corporatist scum that are on radio shows today pretending to be Republican congressmen. See, they're scum, too. They're scum. And they like the, the parade of money. Why do you think these guys enter money? They're all lawyers. Why would you go and work for a measly buck 80 a year? Why would you go? Because like Newt like Kevin McCarthy, like Nancy Pelosi, like Schmuck Schumer. You can be worth hundreds of millions. And by the way, you never have to pay taxes. You cannot allow a small band of MAGA extremists, which represent just a very small percentage of the views of the country, 
to tell the overwhelming majority of Americans what to do. See, in the meantime, we've allowed 537 elected politicians. That's all it is. Congress, the Senate, and the two morons that pretend to be president and vice president. 537 people have got us at the brink of World War III, have colluded and collaborated with the Chinese Communist Party, have hidden the fact of a, of a, of a so-called pandemic that shut down the principles of our nation. Only 537. The good news is, now, because of us, eight can make a difference. And they did. Bob Oaklawn. Yeah, you know, why fat boy so virtuous? They're only upset because Kevin McCarthy was a big fundraiser. That was the first thing. I, this whole thing's a joke. Everybody there should be just thrown out. And we, guys, and we should be happy. What they needed to do. We should be happy, Bob. I want you to be happy. Stop getting exactly. aggravated. Because yesterday was the first day where we have a chance to disrupt this cult of corruption that is Washington, D.C. 312-642-5600. Sean, now, 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. What's funny to me is that the exposure of the schemes in government has been around for decades, right? Peter Schweitzer, one of the greatest investigative journalists, has informed us about the culture of corruption that is our government in a bipartisan fashion. The connections to the Chinese Communist Party in a bipartisan fashion. I had a clip of uh, Mitch McConnell speaking, but I don't think I'm going to bore you with it. I really don't. It's disgusting and despicable to see this kind of open and notorious fraud. Does anybody think the billionaire Chinese, who wasn't a billionaire before his daughter married Mitch McConnell, you think that she married him for his strong jawline and his masculine ways? Me either. In the meantime, it's about this culture of corruption and, and stopping it. And then when you catch him in something so obvious as an agreement, a backdoor agreement with the supposed speaker of the conservatives and the dimwit in diapers, the feeble fascists, the most obvious asset of the Chinese Communist Party. And aside from that, somebody who is unfit to serve because of medical condition that uh, hasn't really been out with the diagnosis. But we all know what it is. The argument we reached. Uh... No, no, no. Not argument. Hey, moron, moron, whore, moron. It's not an argument. It's an agreement. Let's try it again. The argument we reached uh, was uh, about what uh, what comes next. But we had an agreement. We reached an agreement over the weekend. And the agreement was about funding Ukraine money. So I want to give you some good news. I want to make you feel good. Let's go to uh, Schmuck Schumer. Let's make everybody feel good to realize exactly what these eight patriots did and how we stopped the bleeding for a little while. The MAGA agenda is a dark and dangerous vision of America. Wrong. One most people overwhelmingly reject. Even so, they are the ones running the show right now in the House, GOP. We find ourselves in a dangerous situation. With about 40 days to go before the government shuts down, the House has ground completely to a halt. Until Republicans stop their infighting, the House can vote on no bills, no appropriations work can get done. If, God forbid, some national crisis were to occur, that demand... National crisis is the, is the bills, is the debt, is the agenda of fascism that your gargoyle ass and your cohorts of corruption have been doing to this country for the last 50 years. ...and immediate action, the House would be unable, unable to quickly respond. Good. 
So let me say this. To you the- mean no more bailouts for the bank like in 2008? No more fraud money pretending to be investments in companies that shouldn't exist, but they exist because of the culture of corruption between organized labor extortion mafias called unions and the government kickbacks? You mean none of that can go on? Happy days. Next Speaker of the House, whomever that may be. Think carefully about what happened to your predecessors before trying to coddle the hard right. Each of your predecessors got burnt each time. I urge the next speaker not to make the same mistake. Not just for I their hope, own. I hope the next speaker thinks this is the guy whose opinion he seeks approval from. This is what everybody's doing and everybody's telling you. Let's take advice from people who hate us, who love the corruption. That's how you know you're right. Don't ever back off that. Tom, Blue Island. Hey, Sean Dittos, uh, I, I just want to check with you to make sure my, I got my mind right. <laughs> so Kevin McCarthy seeks advice from Nancy Pelosi on getting not, support. Not advice, the House. not advice, an agreement that she will never go against him. But go ahead. Right. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Schumer is incredibly worried about the Repub- who the Republican Speaker of the House is because of what happened to the current Speaker of the House. These people are all worth tens and maybe with Pelosi over $100 million. Five. And Newt Gingrich calls the people traders that don't want to spend more money in Ukraine that, of course, Newt Gingrich ain't spending any money on. And how many pictures can you find with Newt Gingrich and his arm around Nancy Pelosi and a big fat smile on both their faces? This is an oligarchy. That's what it is. They're immune to it. There's real hope here. You see, the bulk of us Americans, the real ones that make the world go around, not these whores in their $6,000 suits, but us. We don't want big pharma. We don't want murder and mayhem in foreign policy. We want the killing to stop. We want to stop funding corrupt governments around the world. That's what these eight people did. None of that will happen, at least until they get back from vacation. And how urgent is it? The first thing they did, we're on vacation, you lazy bastards. You think you're your city of Chicago street guys? Uh, Don in Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, uh, Newt Gingrich read a litany of things that we should be doing instead of wasting time getting rid of the speaker. But my question to Newt is, why haven't they done it? He's had the house for eight months. He's been the leader. He hasn't done a darn thing in any of those. Newt Gingrich has been living on rumors from the 90s. That's what who Newt Gingrich is. When you look at Newt Gingrich, he's been around since the 70s. Yep. Since the 70s. What good has he really done? He had one as the Speaker of the House. He had one agreement on welfare reform. And that's it. What else did he do? Was he, where was his policies on foreign policy? How much mayhem and murder and war profiteering was Newt Gingrich rubber stamping? All of it? Like, like Joe Biden and the rest of them? Yes, the answer is. This is the biggest problem. This is why they were upset with Donald Trump's foreign policy. This is why they sit idly by as we have been abused and wasted. They raise money on our hopes and our, and our dreams of making it stop. Newt Gingrich, for all his Tea Party accolades, what did he really do? What did they, any of them do? Find his pocket. That's exactly right. Newt's doing very well. You ever take a look at some of his real estate holdings? Take a look at it. Oh my! Yeah, it's all on selling books. Sure it is. And that gets me to something that I picked up on, and it's about time we start to get some notification. Do you remember back when Joe Biden was an idiot vice president? I do. Here's something from then. We're thrilled 
that their very own Joe Biden, sitting right there, will serve as the founding chair of UD's Biden Institute. Our goal of the Institute is going to be to, to establish an intellectual center uh, for scholars, policymakers, uh, um, activists, and, and national leaders. Uh, and uh, our mission is going to be to try to help shape and influence uh, uh, the work on some of the nation's toughest problems. And I hope it will become, and I mean this sincerely, I hope it will become a source of significant uh, pride and uh, and some excitement here at my alma mater. It's really exciting to have Joe Biden back on campus, not only because of his tenure in U.S. Congress with foreign relations and domestic policy issues, but just because he's a UD alum as well. Um, for me, working in restorative justice has been a passion of mine for the last three or four years, and getting to take part in that as part of the Biden Institute is just going to be an incredible opportunity. We are so grateful for Mr. Biden's enthusiasm in cementing his partnership with the school and the university. And we look forward to what the future holds. I do have an interest in changing, changing the country for the better. Turns out, this little institution, what's the name of the school? school? And I can think of no better group of people to try to do that with than the incredible faculty and staff here at the university. So thank you so very much. The University of Delaware has been linked to $6.7 million from the Chinese Communist Party donated directly to the Biden Institute as another money laundering scheme. And you know about this? This is 11 years old. 11 years old. I wonder, did Newt Gingrich know about this? How about Kevin McCarthy? Did Kevin McCarthy know about this? Kevin McCarthy slow walked. Any kind of an investigation. Kevin McCarthy did got San Ghul, Rocky Elmwood Park. Hey, Sean. Yes. It's Rocky. How you doing? Splendid. How are you? I'm good. You know, I, I can't, I don't, I, I don't understand this. Um, uh, how can you blame Gates? Okay. We had 90 Republicans vote no to the short-term funding uh, bill on Saturday. Where were the other 82 Republicans? And, Rock, this, they, they found a way to make a scapegoat out of a guy they never really liked. He was a stone in their shoe. And do you know why, Rocky, they didn't like him? I mean, everybody thinks it's the hair and the sunglasses and the fact that he looks a little bit like Tom Cruise or the Billionaire's Boys Club. The reason they didn't like him is Gates didn't take money from PACs or lobbyists. Did you know that? I I heard that. Yes, I did. Yes, I heard that today. Now, you say Rocky in Elmwood Park. Are you my Rocky? Yeah, I'm your Rocky, baby. Oh, how are you? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Counselor's doing good. He had a little health scare, but he's doing okay. All right. How about about the wife? Everything good? Everybody's great. All right. Will you tell them all I said hello? I sure will. Take care of yourself. All right, huh? brother. I love you. Thank you, you for you. calling. Take Thank care. you. Okay. Bye. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560. One thing I'll give Kevin McCarthy credit for, he did release the tapes that got uh, Tucker Carlson fired about January 6th, right? The last thing anybody wanted was uh, for the American people to have answers or a perspective that was different than the government perspective when it came to January 6th. I find that to be interesting. But before I 
leave this topic about money and Matt Gates. I want you to hear something. Look, I think the, the concern here is that there, people are seeing your fundraisers instantly going out about this. You're raising money, and it, 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 it is oh, chaos right now. I'm eager right to address now. that. And, yeah, let, well, okay. let, let's address is it the not a fundraiser? I think we have a full screen of it. Yeah. Is it is yeah. it a fundraiser well, or not? And, and everybody fundraises. Again, I'm not, I'm well, not just by saying the way, that is another criticism of what's yeah, going on here. If I can get here. a word in here. Yeah, if I can get a word in here, I am the only Republican in the entire United States Congress who takes no lobbyist money and no PAC money. So absolutely, I communicate daily, vigorously with regular Americans because the only way I'm able to to advance my political goals is if just regular folks give me 10, 20, 30 dollars. And so I will take no lecture from the likes of people who do three lobbyist fundraisers a day and trade favors in order to get cash from special interests on how. I raise money and I take deep offense to anyone who wants to criticize the the mailman, the, the active duty service member, the grandmother who believes in me and goes to MacGates.com to donate. Matter of fact, right. I hope they do that right now. And I'm not sorry play? for it at all because yeah. I won't take the lobbyist and pack money like every other person here does. Well, I think that's awesome that you don't. I think it's fantastic. I think every American thinks it's awesome he does, but not the corporatists who have, by the way, I think that was Kevin McCarthy's biggest uh Biggest asset. You raise the most amount of money. But then again, it's not hard. It seems to be going up three times every, what, 10 years? Who is Ray Epps? Dan, Chicago. Hey, how we doing there, Sean? Good, Dan. How are you? Good, good. Uh, are you mystified by Ray Epps also? Not mystified. I know exactly what it is. I've been watching the CIA commit all kinds of atrocities. In fact, uh, I've been watching coup d'etats all of my life, and then... Here's another thing that, that, that's bothered me. It's been in the news as of late. From the CIA being exposed as paying people off to tell them what they want to hear about the origins of COVID to the beginnings of the impeachment process against the president, Joe Biden, the man who was watching it all. Who knew that things would get wilder, but they do by the day. For the- by the way, I had to get that news in Australia because our uh, media doesn't want to cover it, Dan. What, what he's uh, accusing the CIA of doing is bribing doctors and scientists to go along with the government tagline on the most uh, effective bioweapon ever released. So when it comes to Ray Epps and January 6th, I know that was a protest that was used as a coup d'etat against the American people. Correct. And I uh, agree with you 100%. I know you do. So. And I know yeah. you, you I, I know, you know, I wish you luck. Uh, and you keep me posted as to how things go for you. If you want to tell the people who you are, that's great. If not, I don't care. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, just, uh, you know, get it out to uh, your listeners. There's a lot more <laughs> that went on January 6th, and they're really not getting the truth. No, and I wish you luck in your uh, persecution, not prosecution, persecution, as you are one of the people who is being victimized for attending a protest. Now, now before I put words in your mouth, when you went to Washington, D.C. on January 6th, what were you going there for? What was your intention? Well, just to go there and see what the President Trump would have to say. And uh, it was a massive crowd, and people kind of got detoured. But, so you uh, did not plot with any militia hidden away in Michigan uh, to overthrow the government. Do I have it right? Did you have all of your weapons on you? Did you train for months with the ninjas? How did you prepare for the protest of January 6th? Well, as you bring up my weapons, I said uh, to not only did I not have a pocket knife, I even forgot my sharp pencil at home. Well, Dan, uh, I, sadly, you look to be facing about 17 to 45 years in prison. Uh, I wish you the best of luck, Dan. Thank you very much. 
Really, stay strong, brother. Wait it out, okay. and uh, you take care of yourself. That, that, that's a sad day. Sad day of events, what we see uh, here. I guess that gag order isn't working too loud, too well. Trump is exonerating and explodes on the judge. No kidding. Because what you have in this country, unfortunately, is a corrupt government, corrupt judicial system. But only, here's the good news, only in these Democrat strongholds. We'll be back after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me. You look around at our neighborhoods that we've all known for decades. The neighborhoods that have been voting for the step-and-fetch Democrat mafia because they wanted in on it. There will be no restoration of American principles from these people. Who will save this country are people who have fled these similar countries. Countries that have destroyed the quality of life. Countries that are pretend to be communist, Marxist, socialist. It'll be the people from these countries and the children of those people who understand the principles of Americanism, and that's our only hope in resurrecting the principles of freedom, liberty, and individuality. My next guest is one of those people. Aside from uh, being an entrepreneur, a small business owner, she actually graduated Loyola University, Chicago, so she remembers when Chicago wasn't terrible. She is also a proud American wife and mother, author of the book Outcast, How the Radical Left Tried to Destroy a Young Conservative. It's out now. She is Gloria Giorno. Gloria, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me on your show. It's great to talk to my fellow Chicagoans. Well, I appreciate uh, the fact that, that you know, you've obviously tried to pass this on to your offspring. I'm assuming this book is about your child, right? Yes. The, the, the conservative that they try to destroy is my son. He is now 23 years old. Yes, sir. And, you know, it's funny because I've watched this. Really, I'm lucky. I'm old. I'm in my 50s. And I watched uh, as after I got out of high school, the entire climate of the country really changed through an indoctrination period where they were intimidating the pride of this country out of the kids. Uh, I have kids my, myself. I have two. And I steered them towards what I thought was the best, which was private school. And I went the extra mile and I talked to them. And they had to kind of navigate the waters of indoctrination. Luckily, they did it. Um, and it's it's something, though, you, you characterize it properly. It's the radical left. I hate when people call Marxists, communists, or Democrat mafia members liberal. They're not liberal. The principles of our nation are. So I love the wording of it right away. And tell us how your son survived it. Well, our son's story started when he posted a picture of himself in front of the White House on the 4th of July in 2020, the year of COVID and whatnot. 
our son was student body president at Belmont University. So he took this picture of himself. He posted it on his personal Instagram, and he said, thankful to be an American and thanking our forefathers for our freedoms. Well, that was met with 300 comments, mostly negative. Go kill yourself. You're a racist. You're a terrible person. You don't deserve to live. So our son let those 300 comments go, didn't say a word. We just let it go. The next day, there was a change.org petition because our son was celebrating a covertly racist holiday. So the 4th of July? Yeah, through it is. Yes, the 4th of July is now a covertly racist holiday. Did you not know that? No, I didn't know that. And all I kept thinking about is if your son would have had a mini skirt and pumps on, he'd be working for Biden right now. Go ahead. That's exactly true. (laughs) But, I mean, they they came after him. It was the radical left, and it was Belmont University, which is a Christian conservative university. What my In answer to your question, what my son did, he took all this information, he followed the handbook rules, and he turned it into the proper authorities at Belmont University. No one did a thing. I had to reach out and call the university president. He was supposed to call me back. He never did. He had an attorney call me. His attorney asked if we were suing Belmont. I wasn't suing Belmont. What are you going to do to keep my kids safe on campus? Because we're going back to school next month. What are you going to do to guarantee his safety? I don't know. You'll have to talk to somebody else. So that's basically what we got. Nothing. You should have sued. Although you would have went before no, a we judge. Didn't, you, was, know what, no. you know what? We didn't. No, no, no. The reason we didn't sue. You're right. A lot of people tell me this. Yeah. We didn't sue. There are three entities we could have sued. We did not sue because you and I would not be having this conversation. Win, lose, or draw. I'd be gagged. My son be gagged. And we would not be able to talk about this. Wow. As conservatives, if we don't speak out, we're going to end up living in that communist country that I lived in in 1972 to 73, where I went to first grade. Now, tell me about the country, please. I lived in the former communist Yugoslavia. I attended a U.S. embassy school for a year. I was six years old. Every day when I went to school, I had a backpack with a thousand U.S. dollars. In 1972, that was a lot of money. That's big money. For a six-year-old. Yeah. It was in 1972. I was six years old and I was trained. I knew my parents taught me if there was civil unrest, I needed to get into the cab at the bottom of a hill and that cab would take me for a thousand American dollars. That cab would take me to the border of Yugoslavia and Italy and my aunt would meet me there and my parents would come when they were able. I also knew that every police officer I saw walking to school was not there for me. They were there to protect communism and Josip Broz Tito, who was a dictator when I lived there. Mm -hmm. So the parallels, my son was silenced at Belmont. He was told to lay low, not to have any student government meetings. He was escorted by a police officer on campus for his own safety because students wanted to kill him. One young woman actually put in the college dem chat group me that our son had come into her fast food establishment where she worked. My son had no idea who she is to this day. And he would come in every morning to get a sweet tea and she would put gross stuff in it. We have no idea what the gross stuff is to this day, but this is how the left operates. This is what they do. No, they're scaling. Our son was horrible. Our son was silenced just like I was silenced. We were all silenced in communist countries. And Belmont University allowed this to go on. We gave them the information. Do you know what they did to that young woman who worked at this fast food establishment? No. 
They probably gave her a promotion. They actually. Oh, worse than that. They accepted her to Belmont Law School. (laughs) Where she'll go on to have a bright future in the in the mafia. And, you know, it's something coming from that kind of mindset. Did your parents come with you? Because I saw your last name and obviously you did make it to the border of Italy. But what about your parents? What happened? My parents, actually, my dad came here in 1956, my mother in 1961. My mother was a Fulbright Scholar from the University of Chicago. And so in 1972 to 1973, she was awarded this Fulbright, which is such an honor. And so she did her um, PhD on um, Russian and Slavic literature and languages. So we had the privilege of living. I was six. We had the privilege of living in Zagreb, which is now the capital of Croatia. I'm basically Mm -hmm. American Croatian, but I was born in this country. So um, that's how we ended up over there. And it was the people say, why did your parents let you go to a communist country. I'll tell you something. That was the best experience oh. of my life. I think every liberal should be sent to a communist country for a month to see what it's like. Gloria. And you will come back here and you will see the freedoms of America. It's it's something, really. It is truly something. I, I was lucky enough to be, from a, the time of preschool, be friends with a, uh, a kid whose parents fled Cuba when Castro was murdering people. And I went back and, you know, that they were not happy I went back. And when I went back, really, to see the prison island that they are, to see the intimidation, to see the fear of government, it's not anything I imagined until the year 2020 through 2022. And you saw so many of those mafia tactics used on Americans. This is something. Are your parents still still with us? Unfortunately not. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. This is something I would have liked their perspective on, because it's those people who grew up under totalitarianism that have a a sensitivity and can recognize it in the beginning stages, but can articulate the the dangers of it while we're pretending to be good citizens and going along with it. And that's something that I think has forever changed American trajectory. When I read books like Mm -hmm. yours... And when I see the effects and what you're putting for your son, he will be the kind of person that changes it. I'm curious to know what his what his uh, outlook is now. Um, right now, well, what he does for a living is he is the we're in Tennessee right now, and he is the young Republican chair for the state of Tennessee. Our son has worked for many Republican um, politicians, and um, now he serves as the chair for the state. Um, he's also in the private sector. He owns a company, so he's doing that. Um, he feels that during COVID and Antifa and everything that was going on in 2020, he pretty much, let's be honest, he got caught in the crossfire. If it had been a different year, it wouldn't have happened so badly. But also his fraternity, which I'm sure you read about, his fraternity was trying to blackmail him. They told him that if he did not endorse, put up that black box, or endorse Black Lives Matters, they would destroy him. Well, we're a member of a gold, unfortunately, we're a Gold Star family members. Um, a Chicago police officer named Danny Dauphin was my son's cousin, and he was killed in 1995 in the line of duty. And so we will never endorse a group that is fighting the police, killing the police, defunding the police, and just Marxists. tearing apart our country. Yeah, they're admitted Marxists. And I have to be forced into... They are admitted yeah. Marxist. To me, BLM means Biden laptop matters, but go ahead. <laughs> That's good. But um, so our son was being blackmailed by his fraternity, and our son said, absolutely not. And he said, you can try to destroy me. That's fine. But I quit. And so he left his fraternity. There was no one. He gave all that information to Belmont as well. 
No one reached out to us. As a matter of fact, the president of the university made light of the fact that there was a change.org petition out on our son. And he emailed our son, and that's in the book. He emailed our son that when our son figures out how to get rid of his change.org petition, because our son is not a racist, that he would like the tip of how he had it done because there are a lot of change.org petitions out on Bob Fisher as well, who was then the president of Belmont University. You know, I'm looking it's at horrible. It's nothing to be making light of. It's it's a horrible thing. Well, no. And 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 the, and the saddest part of this all is that the accusations of racism are being thrown upon people who judge people by their race. The definition of racism <laughs> is the platform of the Marxists in America today. And this is something, you know, after all, yeah. you uh, graduated with a political science degree. Did you ever learn yes, about this happening in America? I think what astonishes me, I understood that for decades it is man's nature to to misuse power, and in particular power of corrupt governments, and that's how you have so many of these totalitarian countries. But honestly, I did not think I would see it on these shores. And I'm wondering, uh, are you able to articulate to your fellow Chicagoans, I know you lived here for a while and you're, you, you spent some time here, just how different it is in states that embrace the principles of Americanism. That, to me, is the beauty of what we're living through. There are 30 states right now trying to nullify the corrupt government and, and, and take advantage of convention of the states. Tennessee is a fantastic state, and I'm hoping that your son mm-hmm. is working directly uh, for Tim Burchett, and I'm probably butchering his name, but one of the people that ousted the corporatist uh, yesterday. I, at least it's a good mm-hmm. learning lesson, and I'm wondering, does he understand what's at stake? I believe he does. I believe our son understands exactly what's at stake. Um, My father died only 10 years ago. So both my boys, I have two sons, both my boys were able to understand and appreciate what my father taught them about communism. And my mother passed away 25 years ago. My son is 23. So clearly he did not know her. And um, she was a professor at Loyola University, by the way, too. And so my parents did speak out about communism. My uncle was imprisoned because he spoke out in the 1950s. He spoke out against Josip Tito. He was imprisoned and he was fortunate to be able to escape because he was to be hanged the next day. My children know this. My children know that we need to appreciate the freedoms we have in America because they can be taken away so yeah. quickly. And right now we're on that road. We're two steps away from communism. What happened to me happened to my son. Everything I saw happening, everything that happened to my parents in Yugoslavia, we saw happening to our son at Belmont University. And Belmont University is not an exception. No. That is a rule. Every school in this country right now is an indoctrination facility. And if you have children in college, I urge you to read this book and use it as an educational tool because your child will need you and you need to stay in touch with your child. But we need to have the next generation be brave and step up. But yes, there is a huge fear factor that you touched upon. And I know young women do not even attend Republican club meetings. They barely exist anymore because they're afraid of being bullied. They're afraid of being harassed. And it's real. I can tell you, United Women Foundation is a 501c3 that I started. All the proceeds from my book do go to my foundation. I give scholarships to conservative young women in college. These women are being harassed, they're being bullied, they're being abused. We need help. I can't do it alone. I have a great board. We're all over the country. But we need more help. We need more conservatives to step up. 
Yes. Parents to say, hey, I'm there for my kid. I'm going to support my kid through anything. Our son knew that no matter what he decided, we were there for him. Now, the smartest thing we ever did, we live in Tennessee, so we were able to record every conversation. We were able to use every text, every email, everything that you that I'm telling you about, you can find in my book. Absolutely everything, because Tennessee is a one-party consent state. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love Illinois. Don't get me wrong. I love Illinois. Just don't like the politics of it. Oh, yeah. Well, I I do come up to Illinois a lot. I do come up for a lot. We still, we actually still have a home up there. But, I mean, it'll always be home. But Tennessee is free. But, once again, Belmont is in Tennessee. So you have to wonder, how free are we really? Well, I love the fact that under the pressure of conforming, under the intimidation, mm-hmm. hundreds, thousands, teachers, your son steadfast. That is character, kid. He did. And you raised, a, did. You, know, you raised a man at, at an age where not many are willing to do it. So I love it. I can't wait to go through the book, Outcast. I thank you for writing it. Tell me about your other son. Is he sticking with his brother? Um, yes, he sticks with his brother. He's actually in sports. He works for a uh, major league team and uh, not a player, but he does do, uh, he, he does, he's front office, but, um, he's still a Cubs fan. We're huge sports fans. Oh. And, um, but he does stick by his brother, but, um, he is not in politics. No, my older son is married and actually we became grandparents, uh, three months ago yesterday. Well, congratulations. But I'm guessing two guys named Giorno could take care of at least 300 Marxist Democrats in skirts and high heels. Thank you very much, Gloria. Thank you. One more time, give me the website so the people can go check it out. UnitedWomenFoundation.com and join me. Help us help these young girls in college. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gloria. Pleasure. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. So what we're facing is the open and notorious corruption of our government. There's no question about it. So they're going to wrap it in the phony virtue of utopia. And they're going to bring equality and the diversity and bah, 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 bah. in the meantime, all enriching the government. And we're still not done. As you might remember, last year I announced a major proposal for student debt relief. We're on the verge of providing more than 40 million Americans with real relief from their student debt. No, 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 no. No, you're not, you feeble moron, you corrupt political whore. See, the government has a problem. It has $2 trillion it can't collect in the form of student loans. But the colleges who've received the ridiculous amounts of tuition, they got their money. How's the government going to get theirs back when the economy is so bad that more than 60% of Americans can't write a check for the umbrella in a Rolls Royce in Ukraine? How are they going to do it? They can't. So they need a money scheme. So the government prints up debt and pays itself and sticks all of us with the tab in the name of the idiot student. And in the meantime... Nobody cares because the student is virtuous. I signed the dotted line. I, you told me I was going to be great. Now you don't have to worry about it. And in the meantime, the college becomes the money launderer. It's almost like the University of Delaware for the Chinese Communist Party. We're thrilled that our very own Joe Biden, sitting right there, will serve as the founding chair of UD's Biden Institute. Biden Institute. 
If that isn't an admission of corruption, what is? So rest easy, ladies and gentlemen. A special counsel is supposedly looking into Joe Biden. They haven't produced anything that we know of. So the Daily Mail has to fill the gap. They just found proof that Biden's brother, Jimmy, fast Jimmy Biden, was hired by a construction company to negotiate with the Saudi government while Joe Biden was vice president because he's an expert on Middle East construction. We're also learning that the University of Delaware, like the University of Pennsylvania, made a ton of money from, can you guess? Oh, yes, China, after Joe Biden opened a fake institute there. The dumbest man in in politics is an academic institute. That is funny. In the meantime, we're talking to tunes of tens of millions of dollars. Uh, It's very important. I mean, look, Tucker, if you look at the nexus of these financial ties that the Bidens have with China, um, you have to go back to the Chinese state and you also have to go back to Chinese intelligence. Uh, Let's keep in mind, Hunter Biden got three big deals in China. Some of that money he shared with James Biden, you know, potentially it went to other family members. If you look at all three of the businessmen that made those deals happen, those ties are there. The first one was a guy named Che Feng. He had helped set up Hunter Biden. Not to be confused with Fang Fang, who likes to sniff around Swalwell, which never smells good. On that BHR private equity deal that netted Hunter uh, perhaps $20 million Taxpayer based on estimates. To ask the Ukrainians uh, to help he sent Hunter Biden up with that deal. Che Feng was partners with a gentleman named Ma Jian, who was the vice minister for state security in China with responsible for foreign recruitment. That's from Hong Kong corporate records. Where's Kevin McCarthy? Where were you? Hey, dummy, you were the Speaker of the House. Where were you? And if you want justice, if you want this to stop, you're somehow a traitor? Huh. That that explains Chuck Schumer's position, but what about Newt Gingrich's? These are all questions I have. Let's go to Walt in Northwest Indiana. Sean, my wife uh, uh, grew up in uh, East Germany, particularly uh, East Berlin lived under the communists until the family were, were able to leave. Um, I met her in uh, here in uh, North America, but um, she just gr- goes crazy when she hears Americans talk about how socialism is a good idea and how wonderful it can be and so forth. Her attitude is ship them all off to Cuba. My attitude is too close. North Korea would be far better. <laughs> Walt, it's only those people who lived under this kind of fascism and corruption that reject it. The ones who navigate the mafia, the Chicago Democrats, they just want a pension. Thank you very much, Walt. That's why the better American is ironically the newest one. The one who's fighting against the corruption that is open and notorious will be stifled because the conglomerate of corruption called Republicans and Democrats and their little cushy offices and their backdoor deals and their no-tax campaign contributions. They want the system to keep running the way it was. Chuck and Delavan. Hey, uh, we the people, not Chuck Schumer. I want to tell you about the guy that got ripped off of his BMW, tried it in a small town. I want to make a public service announcement if I can. When you guys come up here to Lake Geneva, there's the most evil cabal of people when you pull in and you park parking's not for free and you have to go and find the meter to pay and put a tag on your car yeah. if you don't do that they will write you a 50 dollar ticket Ooh, so, well those fancy uniforms aren't going to buy themselves oh yeah they're like brown shirts yeah and sure. then tell your last host they can she can call me if you want and uh anytime anybody messes with her family 
I got a Louisville slugger. Oh, you're talking about my last guest. Thank you very much, Chuck. No, she's all right. She's got her own family thing taken care of. And she's really making quite a stink about it. And that's how you change things. Not to mention, those kids that were intimidated, they're going to change things. It's only when you accept the opinion of people that hate you, known as Democrats, when you seek the approval of such scourge that would vote for the Democrat mafia in Chicago, in the suburbs, in Washington, D.C. Because their opinion doesn't mean anything to me. And it should never mean anything to any American that wants to right the wrongs. Listen, Joe Biden has been robbing these pe- the people of America for 50 years. He's been an asset of enemies, foreign and domestic, for 50 years, like Chuck Schumer, like Newt Gingrich. You don't fool me either, fatso. Uh, Steve in Deerfield. Yeah, thanks. Uh, you were just uh, ripping Biden for the student debt relief. Yes. Um, why? You know, I don't know if you know this, Sean, but the only class of people in America who are not allowed to discharge debt in bankruptcy are college students. Of course not. The it's only ridiculous. one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, well, here's the thing, Steve. Why would you give that kind of money to kids? Or, or you're not actually giving it to them. You're using them as a pass through to the school. Why would you do that without all of the disclosure necessary for, say, a mortgage? It is the only loan you're giving economic illiterates. You're having them sign their name to hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt with no disclosure laws. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, also known as as another corrupt bureaucracy. Where are they on it? You know, they don't want honesty and integrity because it would tear down their houses of communism known as college campuses where only morons can succeed. Thank you for the call, Steve. I appreciate it. What do I mean by that? Well, here's a moron of communism that could only succeed in government. He's ironically and sadly a judge. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Judge Katsubai, I think your fellow nominees owe you a debt of gratitude because many Biden nominees have been extreme, but your record is so far out of the mainstream that you have attracted virtually all of the questions. I was particularly intrigued by your statement to Senator Blackburn that you said you are not, in fact, a Marxist. Uh, And then you said, and I wrote it down, I have not praised Marxist ideas. Now, as you know, in law, there is the fact of evidence. And so let's go to something you wrote. By the way, he's been on the bench for 16 years. He wants you to believe his name is Mustafa Tahar Kushaba, but it isn't. He changed it that way. In the meantime, what he has been operating as is an agent of Marxism in the judicial system. Now, this could not exist outside of a Democrat mafia stronghold, so I don't think it's Chicago, but it might as well be. Uh, An article that is entitled Centralized Property Theory, uh, in which you wrote, it begins, it's on the front page of your law school uh, newspaper, Uh, You write, quote, intimate knowing the lovers kissed familiar and ever exciting passionate transcendence beyond the physical exhilaration lies a burning light in our limbs, our hearts, floating, flying, falling in every direction, amorphous and wonderful, time stretching, space curving, exquisitely explosive eros. And yet I timidly tremble every time. Now, somehow this is about property. (laughs) <laughs> which is not immediately evident as to why, but later in the, in, in the uh, article you write, you say, property is not simply a relationship between an owner and an object of ownership. Property is primarily a complex relationship between people and secondarily regards the objects people exploit. Do you understand what's happening here? 
What makes us the youngest and the richest, the best place to live, is that America is built on property rights. They're trying to undermine it from the judicial bench. They're trying to undermine it from collectivism in Washington, D.C. These are the intelligentsia of the so-called left. They're not very intelligent. All they're selling you is communism, American style. Historically, three paradigms have dominated European notions of property. Locke appealed to the notion that labor points to who has the right to exploit property. Bentham relied on utility to dictate who has rights based on how the property is exploited. And Marx was plainly disgusted with the alienation that property imposed and its establishment of an us and them and haves and have nots. Each theory alone denies important components of human experience. Among them are the ability to work, the need for personal privacy and boundaries, and uniquely diverse desires which spin us all in differing life directions. However, the process towards integrating all three may provide a framework for relationships that enhances each unique self. The aspiration towards intimate knowing, the intimate knowing of oneself and others, is a creative struggle Towards redefining property. Intellectual self-gratification is what, what this is. What the hell is. does that mean? Nothing. It means nothing. And what's his penalty? He's up to be a federal judge. Senator, uh, when I was preparing and reviewing uh, my materials and, uh, for this hearing and for the, the process, uh, I also have to admit that uh, that writing was far from clear or articulate. And and the poetry was definitely not good because you're stupid and you're a Marxist. Your philosophy is not good. Your objective is obvious. You're a saboteur of Americanism. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM five sixty. The answer. AM five sixty. The answer. And if the obvious prima facie evidence of absolute and total corruption, an asset of the communists, the oligarchs in the former Soviet Union, he has frickin' dementia. I join with Minority Leader Jeffers. Excuse me, Jeffries. Uh, Why don't you start off with the first name? Hunter Dimwit. Try not to spit out a denture. Hakeem Jeffries. Whether or not that they're asking, what's your advice to the next next House Speaker? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You hear what he said? It's above my pay grade. Everything's above your pay grade, you whore. Dimwit. Saboteur. Amy, Lake Geneva. Hi, Sean. How are you? Good, Amy. How are you? I'm good. Hey, what's up, Chuck and Delavan? Every time he calls, I always laugh because I'm like, that's my neighbor. Is it really? Um, I don't know him. I hope you don't know anybody else with food in their beard from the 90s, but go ahead. Well, it's Wisconsin. It happens. Um, Anyway, Sean, I wanted to tell you about this women's institute that is coming to none other than Williams Bay, Wisconsin, which is, I don't know if you've ever been there. It's a cute little town right over near Delavan. Sure. Um, Women's Institute. Oh, Sean, you are going to freak out. I'm going to send you the link because it's, I'm sorry. I stand corrected. It's the Women's Leadership Center at Williams Bay. Oh, that sounds communist. Is yeah. are, what are, are they celebrating yeah. communism, or are they all getting together to talk about how great it is to kill their own kids? Well, What's their big agenda? Well, here's, John, here's the crazy part. The person leading it 
just so happens to be a really good friend of Hillary Clinton. Oh, what's wrong? Yeah. Couldn't they get the title Baby Murders Unite? No? How the hell does Hillary Clinton get up to Williamsburg, Wisconsin, population like 1,000? Like, I don't understand. Not even. I don't even think there's that many people. It's so irritating. It's like, go away. Nobody wants you here. I don't care how much money you have. Come on, Amy. I blame you. It's that brats and beer. You see the size of these women? For God's sakes, they're going to be rolling around there like it was some sort of cheesecake festival. I'm sending you the link because it's it's so crazy and yeah. it's um it's over. Do you know like where Yerkes Observatory? Because we're going to bring all these women into the tech, right? That's what we all want to do. Like I, I just can't wait to get into more tech. No, me either. Are you sure Barack Obama's not going to be there? Because you know he likes big butts and he cannot lie. He's no? gonna, you know, he's going to give a speech. Oh yeah, he likes him with oh, cellulite. Thank you very much, Amy. Stay strong. Bye. Uh, Don on the south side. Yeah, how you doing? Um, you, I agree with everything they were just saying about the um, Hillary Clinton. They were just saying no, 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 no uh, uh, about the college. Oh, yeah. the, the oh, pastor of corruption where you use kids and phony virtue. That. Oh my God! And, and the ironic thing is, it's the PhDs who run these universities who are supposed to be our smartest guys in the country. Yeah. The heads of these northwesterns and these big colleges, <laughs> and they're the ones that didn't see it coming. When hey, they, when they Don, you know what's funny? Look at the education system. Look at the PhD program prior to Barack Obama and his 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 smash and grab of for profit colleges to his inner circle friends, and how you got these PhDs from going to colleges you never went to through student debt. All they had to do was sign debt. You put your name in a little roster. You do four years and two hundred and fifty thousand. Next thing you know, you're a, a, a PhD. Sure, you are an Uber driver. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you have a bunch of guys claiming to be PhDs that don't really know much other than the fact they're in debt to two hundred thousand to people they never met. That's education Marxism style. We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so is it really that long ago? Because before he became a recognized TV radio host, his own host of his own TV show on RFD TV. And I just re- was reading in the resume an adjunct professor of finance at DePaul University. How has a common sense capitalist become a professor of finance at DePaul? He was my friend. He's Scott the Cow Guy. That was a big tee up. And, you, and, you, and did you drop it? Did you just drop it? I tee up. You Nothing? Crickets? No, I didn't hear. I, did. I, I thought you were going to keep going. No, I I mean, I mean, what do you want me to do? You want more fluffery? In the meantime, where the hell you been? <laughs> you, you know, I'm at the cigar I'm store. You don't stop in. What's going on? No, I've lived in I lived in Nashville now for almost two and a half years. So I work. Uh, I got my own TV show at a, at a, at a nationwide network. It's on cable, uh, RFP TV. It's uh, mainly um, agricultural, rural. Uh, it's the largest. We have. A, I don't know. We have. Um, 
eighty percent of rural America watches our shows, and I've got my own show, so I, yeah. I host the news as well as my own show. So it's a lot of fun, and um, we've got uh, my my own show is the number one show on the network. So, so we meet we meet the national debt is hovering around six trillion, seven trillion dollars. We're all outraged, outraged. Barack Obama wins the presidency. Now the national debt is at $33.5 trillion. It's a massive expansion in just nine months. I personally celebrate that Kevin McCarthy is thrown out because I thought his useless ass did about as good as the Tea Party movement. Did we need something to change? Do you think I'm optimistic in, in my excitement that he's thrown out, or do you think that Proft is right, as we were arguing, that there's no plan and all the rest of it? I think I'm right. He thinks he's right. Who do you think is right? I, you know, I think they could have made a point without, without throwing up, you know, without all this disarray. I, I, I agree that I think that, you know, there was parts of it uh, that didn't smell right. And I like what, you know, I like the fact that we we're focused on the debt, but you know what, Sean, I mean, the, the people that voted against him were voting for debt for the last five or 10 years. If you look back, it, it's a, it's a new it's a new battle that they've chosen to take on because I do think part of it was personal. I've had uh, Kevin McCarthy in my studio myself, so I know the guy. Uh, he actually comes from a farm in California, or at least had something to do with it. I, I don't. I don't think he's you know inherently evil, and maybe he made some backroom deals that didn't have to come to fruition. But you know what? That's Washington. I think that you're never going to be 100% this way or that way. I, I, I totally agree about the debt. But I think it's funny that these people voted for the debt and all of a sudden they're against it to get rid of Kevin McCarthy. But my point is, my point, like. my point is, if you want it to change, you got to stop. First thing you do, like when we were trading, what do you do when you find yourself in a hole? Put the shovel down. Now, I understand the arguments to and fro. But one thing about Kevin McCarthy, and I'm sure he's a wonderful guy. I like the Engelbert Humper thing, Carido. It's all wonderful. However, <laughs> he's been absolutely useless. I'm dead serious. And here's my thing. Don't give me that we got to keep the system going in order to change it. I want it to stop. What I really like is the idea that at least until they appoint somebody else, they can do no more harm. And and to show you how unserious the establishment is, what do they do the first day after we make history? They go on fracking vacation. We'll see you next week. Now, do me, you know what I mean? Because the reality is, and you and I both know this. It's on cruise control. We don't even need these idiots in Washington, D.C. It's the year 2023. We Let's stop running it like it's 1823. Let's stop sending them to Washington so they have to come back and face the people they screw over with their policies. Okay. I, I agree with you. And, I, and, and it's both sides of the aisle. They all stink. I totally agree with you. So now that this has happened, okay, whomever they put in next, is that going to change anything? It could. It could now because for the first time in my life, so few people had the power to make it stop. I like a republic. I really do. I like the idea that a jerk congressman, a jerk, doesn't like anybody. Like Rand Paul, or I mean, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Ron Paul. Can you imagine if he would have had the power to do this? We wouldn't be in this pickle because he's been singing the same song for 45 years. And now that we look back on it, that Orville Redenbacher looking son of a gun was right the whole time. Oh, he was right. He was right. You're right. He was right. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I'm going to bet against the next guy coming in and do, and fulfilling your wishes. Well, that's okay, but I want to stop it. I want to make a point because, Scott, you and I have been singing the song, brother, since the debt was $6 trillion. You and I have been singing the song. The first time we met, remember, I, 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 I threw Buddha. 
I had been contacted by those those real estate guys who had this liaison to gold. Oh, That's yeah, when yeah, you remember that. Yeah. That's when gold popped from two forty eight to five hundred and eight hundred, and we met those scallywag shysters who you picked out right away. We our first conversation was about runaway government spending, and now look at us. Sure, we're a little older. One of us is a little chubbier. However. The reality is, have you put on some weight? Have you put on some I weight? I put on a little weight. We're three hundred percent more broke, and it's got to stop, man. We can't keep going along to get along. And Newt Gingrich was selling that conservative nonsense. He's good for guts on ghoul. Okay, so you're right. We can't keep spending, and it is, but it's it's unelectable to have somebody come in and say, "I'm gonna I'm gonna stop spending." I mean, your your prop says it all the time. One side of the aisle says. Uh, if you vote for me, I'm gonna, you're going to get a free phone and an iPad. And the other side of the aisle says, uh, we're going to balance the budget and cut spending. Well, which one's going to get elected? Yeah, but that's I mean, the, we, we, need, we need a system where they say enough is enough, and here's the answer. My answer to you is this. It has I, to come to an end. I agree. I think that I, we have to stop spending, and that's we have, which means we have to trim a lot of things, including entitlements. That's a bad word, but including entitlements. Scott, on my I show. I who's going to call Who's going to go up there and say, I'm going to, I want to start taking away entitlements? Somebody, who's going to be the person that finally says? Somebody from a state. But, it's not going to get through. but a state gets rewarded. Look at the states you live in. Look at the state I, uh, the future is and that I live in. Look at the, the 23 states that are f- right now fighting to nullify the federal government called Convention of the States. You know, this movement has a lot more steam than it ever did. And to me, I always love that old saying about trading. The one thing we know is that we don't know. And whenever we talk about what could be, we really don't know. But we do know if we follow the path we've been on, it leads to nowhere. It leads to continuing the problem. I like the idea that for the first time in history of this country, 247 years, you took one of these guys by the collar, and I don't care what the reason is, and you said, get out. And forever, forever now, we know that a small few can change and stop the, the, the pathological path to the continued nonsense. I, okay, I love your your pie in the sky <laughs> idea, but I tell you, it's not going to. I don't think it's going to change. The next guy's not going to change it. So all you do is get everybody upset over nothing. Next guy's not going to change it, in my mind. Okay, but we but, have to have something. We have we have we have to have a we have to have something dramatic because nobody's going to Washington and saying we need to cut, you know stop spending and cut the budgets, take away your entitlements. That's not happening. I think if you listen that's, to that's you know, the the thing that gets put off to the side is that, okay, it's eight people, but that's eight people. The blame is only falling on one. If you look at the breakdown of where those other people are from, actually one's from your state, one's from uh, South Dakota. Uh, uh, it, granted, Matt Gates is in, the, is in the headwinds, and he's taking all of this steam. But what about uh, Eli Crane from Arizona? Or Bob Good from Virginia. You know, these are people, or Montana. These are people that these states are joining the movement of, of really a soft secession. And that's the kind of radical move it's going to take to stop the money laundering scheme we're on. Because you and I could come on here. Listen, I could have played patty cake, right? And we could talk about the continued borrowing, which is a guarantee of future taxation and a breakdown of property rights. But if yep. something radical doesn't change, that's all it's ever going to be. And the 33.4 that we pretend might as well be 73.4. And it will be faster than we we realize it if we don't drastically change something. Our, our, our debt service has gone up faster than anything else, and it's going to approach a trillion dollars very soon just to service 
the borrowing, not pay the borrowing off. So we're in trouble. The problem is, is that our legislators, our lawmakers, look at other countries that have a worse problem and feel comfortable, like Japan. They'll look for other countries that are in worse shape and go, look, you could, we don't have it that bad. Look how bad they are. That's how they, that's how they look at the problem. Yeah. You know, so our, debt, our, debt to GDP, our debt to GDP ratio is what they look at, and they'll go, oh, it's not too bad. I mean, we're only at 125%. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> Japan's insane. at 200, 210. we got a long way to go. Do you know what Russia is? 13. 13% yeah. of GDP, debt to GDP. They're kicking our ass. They're selling more oil. Our nonsense schemes and, and sanctions mean nothing. Our profiteering in Ukraine is a joke, man. The guy is driving around in a $600,000 car. He's a bust out from the bank of Ukraine. Ooh, it's not worth more than a bank in, in, in Stone Park. It doesn't mean anything, but the scam is what well, pays off. And that's what I think well, the people of this country are sick of. I really do. I think they're underestimating how many of us are disgusted by it. I'm, I am disgusted, too, because I look at the numbers and I was a math guy and I understand exactly like you do about what that debt's doing to the country. It's a it's a it's a it's it's a cancer eats us within. Number two, number one. And number two is the fact that the other bad thing that we've got going on is pouring all of this capital into Ukraine. I mean, it's in, in terms of what we're spending, it's not that big of a deal. But boy, oh, boy, when it comes down to principle, it is a big deal. And I have no idea what's going on in that country. And I don't even care. But when you've got a country that the NATO says cannot be a member for 25 years because it's so corrupt and we, we, we feel it's okay to give them $113, $120 billion, whatever the number is today, uh, without any uh, accountability. Uh, are we, how dumb are we? Yes. I mean, how dumb are we? Well, we're how all dumb. Are we? We, have no, we have no border. We have no southern border. <clears throat> we have no, we have, our citizens aren't safe. I mean, Look, there are so many other things. I get it. I, this whole debt thing, I, I want it to stop, too. We need to stop spending. But we have to go. Those people, all they want to do is spend. That's what they feel like they're supposed to do. You just go there to spend your money. And I was thinking about you in this interview today because the one statistic that you'll not hear in many places, I did not listen to your show from today, but I'm sure you'll cover it. The consumer just crashed. In fact, credit card spending is down 11.3% in a month. Now, the reason that is, is because you and I both know, it's delinquencies, it's default, it's credit agencies taking away accessible credit to people they know mathematically can't continue to pay 24, 28, 35% on credit cards. So now you've got this caveat, this wrench in the system of debt and payment and massive Federal Reserve control. What does it look like, though, in three months when all of these people who cannot spend are now unable to. Does that mean the welfare rolls grow? Because that's the plot of the government. Get more and more people on welfare. That's why they're making welfare and enticing people. 63% of people on welfare. What does the future look like? It looks bad. I've been telling you, I, I do this thing on my show called Recession Island, right? I'm still on it. All, a lot of these pundits, all soft landing, everything's going to be fine. I'm telling you, it's not going to be fine. And you give me these garbage uh, uh, payroll numbers saying about all these jobs we're putting people into or this jolts, this job openings number, which everybody really pays a lot of attention to that they never used to. I'm telling you right now, the consumer is on fumes. The, 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 uh, the personal expenditure numbers are crashing. You're exactly right. And you've got no savings left. The con- country's credit card bill is over a trillion dollars. They've, uh, they've started to raid their 33% of people that have a 401k have taken out a hardship loan. Home equity lines of credit are all tapped now. 
They're done. There's nowhere else to go. And the consumer's been holding up this house of cards. And, 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 and our legislators have been holding up this house of cards by spending what they're spending. It's, it's going to end, and it's not going to be pretty. I'm telling you. So when you and talk... All I do is see all this... Go ahead. When you talk to these kids... Well, no, I, yeah. What I, did, I did it in 2015. In 2015. What do you, I, mean, I mean, if you could talk to them today, if you could talk to these kids today, and you tell them, you know, that, that old movie about Wall Street, the comeback of Wall Street, when Gordon Gecko makes his speech when he writes his book and tells the people, you're the ninja generation you got no income no jobs and no assets that's exactly what's happening and can you imagine our generation thank god we had a place where we could go to be exposed to actual business and capitalism where in america does that exist except a few very small entities what has not been backdoor nationalized by government and when you look at the jobs numbers you look at the government spending it all boils back to government orchestrated control of the economy doesn't it yes and i'll tell you right now they've been doing an okay job for the first two two and a half years of the presidency keeping all those balls in the air and those plates spinning on those little poles but they're starting to drop right now and he's lost control of the economy, and they're lose, now they're losing control of labor because of their inflationary practices. Everybody's coming back to the table wanting more cash. we got a wage price spiral issue on our hands. It is not going to be pretty. Now, I'm not saying we're going to have 25% unemployment like we did in the 1930s. I'm not looking for anything like that. But we need to have some sort of correction because this is untenable, number one. And number two, that will also help stop the spending. And number three, is I do believe, I do believe that the last time we balanced the book was over the Internet Revolution, Sean. I think that was the last time when Clinton yeah. was in office. There is a chance that artificial intelligence bails us out. That would be great, because artificial intelligence needs to take place. When you look at the stranglehold corrupt labor mafias have called unions, and you look at the Longshoremen Union, after knuckling under the supply chain for at least 35 years, having the ability to do it, they always exhibit that strength under Democrat corrupt uh, regimes like uh, the Biden administration. But they just got through knuckling under for massive increase in the supply chain. And now the union files bankruptcy. We really do need artificial intelligence, right? After all, it'll get rid of the pronouns at Starbucks and the rest of it, won't it? <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's tiring. That's tiring too. And I, you know, it, 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 we, I do see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel that way. I think that you know, artificial intelligence is going to increase productivity no matter what anybody says, and that should help with the money situation on our GDP and help bring down that debt. As long as they just stop adding to the debt, just stop adding to the debt. Uh, I, I think that we have a chance of, of making the books look better over the next ten years by you know seeing what artificial intelligence does because it could be. It could be ground changing. That's my only positive I have. But in the short term, I'll tell you right now, I cannot find one good part of the economy except for the seven magnificent stocks everybody keeps talking about when they talk about semiconductors. Seven stocks. There's nothing else good. Well, I'll tell you what's good. For, for, for the next week at least, the House cannot continue to pass omnibus bills, agree to ridiculous uh, debt and tax spending. So this is a good thing. I think... Between the optimism we have of, of realizing only a few politicians can stop the ridiculousness that has taken place since you and I first started to talk about gold when the debt was a fraction of what it is yeah. today. I mean, you know, the, 
it it is a a move of optimism when so few po- politicians can have an impact like this. I think it's optimistic, and I want to know we're gonna. Can you come back next month and we'll talk about the changes? You know, I should have a regular segment on your show, then we can always check in. Done, because I love your perspective. You have that common sense, and you're actually a man of letters. You went to school on a scholarship. You came from the farm, and you're Dutch. You guys are the ones that came up. You guys are the ones that came up with the idea of hedging the future profits and losses. Everybody hates the Dutch. That's what the everybody hates the Dutch. That's what that's the line. But you know, you're right. But let me end on this real quick. In 2015, I had that. It was a finance 401. It was a it was a prerequisite to get your finance degree. And they put me in there, and I, uh, I shouldn't have been in there. But it's, it's one of the hardest. I took that class when I was in school, right? It's bond and, st- it's bond and stock valuation. you got to get out the old HP12C and start grinding numbers, right? But instead of doing that, I taught them like we did in the pits. I started having them watch the markets. And then one part of it I said is we need to go look at the books of the city of Chicago. Do you know that in the city, city of Chicago was technically bankrupt then? It was a, a shell game. I don't know how that place is still there. I don't know how the state of Illinois is still there, but people need to know that that is a house of cards, too. Well, what's sad is that you were right then. They only perpetrated the crime on ridiculousness, credit, and the miswording of, of tax revenue and tax spending, and they're still doing it, and let alone the lottery and the rest of it. What's really sad, Scott, is you, you and I, and I know we could do this over a cigar, is proved beyond the shadow of a doubt America is in the same problem today because we ignored what they were doing back then and you were talking about a decade ago. And we need it to stop now because you could say the same thing about a country that's running at 135% debt to GDP and this Ponzi scheme of government spending. And the good news is if we do this smart, we can make it stop. And that's what I think needs to happen. That's why I tell you what, your show, and I got to tell you, Dirty Curdy and the rest of the old traders, they always talk about RFD TV and your specific show. Uh, oh, the cow guy it. clothes. I'm serious. My stop friend it. Kurt calls me every morning. Did you see, Scott? You're doing great. I'm so proud of you, and I love the fact you're my friend. Thank you so much for coming on, and we will do all a right. regular segment with you, all right? All right. All right. Thank yeah. you, brother. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Sinatra again. In the meantime, fundamental transformation of America took place under a moron, a Chicago Democrat mafia member. A bust out could have never achieved office in any other city. In fact, Barack Obama was nothing more than a Sololinsky apparatchik. And the argument is, was he a true believer of the Olinsky Marxism or did he perfect the gangster government? Marx dreamt of and Olinsky promoted. Well, one thing's for sure. His uh, biggest accomplishment is an unmitigated failure called Obamacare. In fact, prior to Obamacare, the quality of health care was more than double. In fact, there were more than double the amount of hospitals and doctors. The idea of this kind of corruption couldn't compete in a free market. Something that has been around since the 40s called Kaiser Permanente. Boy, that sounds a lot like it should be in the Bismarck era of Germany, but more like the Nazis and the Mussolini era. What is Kaiser Permanente? When people talk about Kaiser Permanente, they often mention integrated health care. 
But what does that mean? And what I find if you set communism and Marxism and socialism to folk music, it's more to- palatable. What can it do for you? We have it all together is one way to explain integrated care. We bring together doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and specialists with care and coverage and weave it into one integrated system. And by doing so, we... By the way, like single payer, like communism, it's integrated. How do they do it? Well, they pretend to be an insurance company. They pretend to be a hospital. They pretend to be healthcare providers. But what are they really? Increase convenience, save our members time and money, and provide some of the best care around. Consider our integrated medical offices. In most of them, you can see your doctor, get an x-ray, have your blood drawn, and even pick up a prescription. Doesn't that sound splendid, Squirrel? Sounds wonderful! Like utopia. Closest to single pair. Well, what does it really look like? Also this morning, there's another potential major strike to tell you about. More than 75,000 Kaiser Permanente employees could walk off the job today all across the country. This would be the largest health care strike in U.S. history. Wait a minute. What about my great health care and my pharmaceutical and my psychiatrist and my physical therapist? All of them like UAW workers walking around in a barbecue and a Frisbee contest? NBC's Tom Costello joins us from Springfield, Virginia this morning. So what do we expect to happen here? What's at the heart of the strike? Now, you know, my doctor, Squirrel, not that I have one, but my family's doctor. I don't go to doctors, but my family does. Their doctors are a little different. Oh, they're those rotten capitalists. However, they're experts, and I pick them. Oh, it's expensive to be a free man in America today. In fact, the insurance premium, four and a half times what it was prior to Barack Obama. However, I'll never get caught in this communist strike. We've already got optometrists here as well as uh, pharmacists who are striking in front of this facility here in Springfield. And this could, in fact, grow, as you mentioned, to become the biggest health care strike in U.S. history. That's what Obamacare brought to you. That kind of collectivism. And now the people who depend on these services right here. Just ask how great the health care is. Now, you know what would make this even dumber? Let's give these corrupt bastards more power. However, ironically, that's what the Chicago Democrats love. Isn't that right, Cream Puff Man? Yes. Yeah. Single payer, bring it to me. You like that fat yeah. communist, what's her name, uh, yeah, Mama I, Cass I think, or that fat slob? Yeah, yeah, I was thinking of Molly McGuire's, the first union to try to unionize. Yeah. They were named, they were named after an Irish woman who was uh, against the... Uh, Absentee landlords, the Anglos with absentee landlords in Ireland and made the Irish work in their own land and send the goods to them. Who's that Irish anyway, union we, woman? I always forget her name. Yeah, she got yeah, the magazine. Yeah, What's her Molly, name? Molly McGuire. That's who and, they named it after. Oh. But they shot it out with the Pinkertons in Pennsylvania. And uh, eventually the uh, gendarmes, the army came in to put the, put the uh, riot down. Yeah. But... During that particular year, five or six hundred young miners were killed every year, like clockwork. Fifteen hundred were disabled with no compensation, no eight-hour work week. Yeah, just just uh, every man. Well, now, you know, now, Jim, you got the utopia you like. Are you having a good time in these Democrat halls? Are you happy yet, or are you thirsty for more? What do you think? Yeah, we know the answer. Even he can't put a smile face on the failure and corruption that is. Chicago. In the meantime, uh, I can't help but notice the protests when they get what they want. You guys got everything you want. You got the health care. Here you go. You got 75,000. You got the union strong and you got your open borders. How's it working? 
Migrants continue to flow into Chicago every week and frustration is growing for many residents. 13 buses expected to arrive today alone. Protesters will be gathering outside South Shore High School this afternoon at 5 o'clock. A pair of residents recently filed a new lawsuit against the city of Chicago. That lawsuit would prevent the city from continuing to create what it calls inhumane conditions for citizens and migrants. Well, have you taken a look at the news anyway? It's kind of inhumane what's been going on. You've been celebrating it anyway. In the meantime, what exactly did Kamala Harris go to these third world corrupt communist, Marxist, socialist countries with the $1.5 billion? What did she give them money for? We're also learning today about a new Mexican government initiative that's likely going to complicate the migrant crisis, at least here in the U.S. Authorities there have begun busing migrants from the southern part of Mexico north towards the U.S. Now, let's pretend Mexico is a country instead of a cartel cover up front, which it is. Remember when Trump was president? None of this happened. None of it happened because he let him know there will be all kinds of repercussions and consequences. Now. They've got the dimwit in diapers and his tramp vice president. Now they're busing from the southern border to the American border. Why? What do they know? This is an attempt by Mexico to free up existing public transportation that's currently being overwhelmed by the estimated 6,000 who cross into Mexico huh. each day. Boy, these Democrat sanctuary cities, they're really turning out swimmingly, aren't they? Crime out of control in every city in America. I fear for my own safety every moment. You shouldn't have to be teaching stop, drop, and roll on the ground, you know, from bullets. The world is going crazy. I feel like people are just going insane. So at this point, we just got to stay home. But the Democrats, they're uh, finally coming around, aren't they? All except the ones in Washington, D.C. If a member of Congress is not safe on the streets of the nation's capital, who is? Look... We're grateful and relieved that the congressman is unharmed. We understand what communities are going through across the country, not just in D.C. That's why the president took action very early on in his administration to get the American Rescue Plan done without the help of Republicans. That's why every time he puts forward his budget, he makes sure there are billions of dollars to deal with crime. That's just a fact. All you got to look is what the president has been able to do. This What he's been able to do, he can't speak. Hey, dummy, are you paying attention? He can't talk. Student aid-gov slash student aid-gov slash save. Oh, he's brilliant. He's got a lot of plans. We're lucky it's only this bad. You understand what's going on here? The governor of Illinois has written to President Biden to say the federal government's lack of intervention and coordination at the border has created an untenable situation for Illinois. Does anybody outside of the White House think the immigration policy is working? So here's what I can tell you. I just mentioned that the president requested $4 billion uh, for a supplemental uh, funding to address what we're seeing at the border. Thank God. Congress is shut down so they can't give this scallywag whore more money. In the meantime, for you people in Galewood, once great part of Chicago, all the good guys, all, right, right, you guys are good guys, are you? You've been voting Democrat for six generations. Now shut up and wear it. 312-642-5600. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. AM 560. The answer. You know, it's a, it's a, 
unusual position to be in when you're fighting for what you know is the principle, and so many of the people who agree with you then say, ah, you're crazy, there's no point in it. Well, then what's the point in any of it? Ralph and Rantoul knows what I mean. I do know what you mean, and I think we have to continue to fight. So the end game for them is congressional seats and eternal power. They don't care who they destroy. They really want to destroy the Republican Party, of course. But they want to make sure that they get as many illegal pollution people into all the red states to at least turn them red, if not purple, if not blue, Mm -hmm. and just set up, uh, of course, they want more congressional seats. So they're trying to put them in everywhere to just stack the Democrat Party for illegal corrupt rule. And they are so immoral, they're so broken, they are so unethical, they don't care if they wreck the country. Uh, There may be creeps like Obama out there who have some sort of perverted hatred for the place that gave him the ultimate opportunity. But they exist, and it's a mental disease, and there's plenty of them. Do you remember that movie, uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington? And I do. I love the idea that one congressman could expose and change the culture of corruption. You know, for years, the Democrat Party, is, in particular the, the communist-friendly Democrats, thought that, that, was the dem- that he was a Democrat fighting Republicans. But that's not the case. He was fighting no. Washington. And this is he something was fighting that, the Uniparty. Yeah, and this is something that got lost. I am so excited that these eight people were able to shut down these whores and put them in the corner and make them nervous. And I'm loving the fact that Newt Gingrich and Chuck Schumer are indistinguishable today. Indistinguishable. Well, you know what's sad too, Sean, is that really I I think the end game with the Democrats, of course, um, McCarthy was lied to by Pelosi, but I, I mean, every time the woman opens her mouth, it's a lie. But she was lied to, hey, hey, we'll get your back. You know, don't worry. We'll never let this happen. Which, of course, when he went to them and in unison, en blanc, as they like to say, yeah. all of the Dems voted against McCarthy. And I, I'm sure McCarthy's thinking, wait a minute, we had a deal. But, but now... They really thought that he would be crawling back to them with hat in hand. Okay, we helped you survive, so now you owe us. So I, I hope the, the citizens. Time. I hope the citizens have even a small glimpse into what it's really like in Caligula for nerds. They're all fracking friends. He's hung around with Nancy Pelosi. He's hung around with Chuck Schumer. They've gone to breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He idolized the fact that Harry Reid lived at the Ritz-Carlton. He lies to the American people about being part of the cohort of corruption with Frank the Putz Lutz and his toupee. It's sickening to me. He's a power prostitute. He's a power prostitute like so many in the Uniparty. Well, I'm glad that for the rest of time, his name will be synonymous with the only speaker to ever be removed by his own party. Thank you, Ralph and Rantoul. Let's focus Adios. on the upside. The upside is not just Washington, but Convention of the States. Here's Jenna Ellis with an update. Can you imagine uh, the fear in Washington if a convention of state was actually called? Because no one in Congress would have any say or any power on what the state legislators do in terms of proposing amendments and then in terms of the states deciding whether those amendments are ratified. Congress has nothing to do with it at that point. Do you know how great this is right now? Because these sanctuary states of corruption, New York, New Jersey, Illinois, California, they have no money. 
It's an illusion of a state. It's a welfare area. And they're only existing because they need this corrupt dimwit in diapers to stroke a check. Well, states that stick by convention of the states, they won't have to give their money anymore. They won't get any, but they won't have to give it. This is the secession we have been hoping for. That is the best way that we can actively ignore Washington. And so, as you said, the time for the Convention of States is now, but I would even go further and say the time was yesterday. And so if we had done this even back when the Convention of States project was initially conceived, imagine what a different America we would be living in if we had some of those things all the way back then. Doesn't matter. There is no tomorrow. There's only today. Do something today. Stand for something today. Don't let salesmen tell you it'll be a better future if we ignore the culture of corruption that is the national GOP and their cohorts. Tear it down from our side. Kevin, sorry I didn't get to you. George, Craig, Rich, as always tomorrow, I'll be back in 21 hours. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.